August 14th, 2020. I'm Tanya Harris and welcome to TMI Daily, your daily roundup of everything people are talking about online since they aren't allowed to talk about it in person. This morning, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris appeared together again for the third straight day, forcing our current president to say that he and VP Mike Pence have been together all week as well. You just can't tell unless Trump gets a colonoscopy. Yesterday at his press briefing, Trump would not denounce a new completely false birther theory claiming that Kamala Harris was not born in this country. Wow, Donald, as a TV guy, we would think that you know you only turn to reruns when you have nothing new to show. Russia says that they offered to help the United States government with their new COVID vaccine, but that the U.S. declined. I guess our government wants Putin's boys to concentrate on the election instead. A new study says that depression symptoms were four times higher in June of this year compared to June of 2019. And anxiety symptoms were three times higher. You can read all about it in the scientific journal. No shit, Sherlock. The Democrats announced a star-studded lineup appearing at their convention next week, including John Legend, Billie Eilish, Common, and Billy Porter, which is only slightly more impressive than Scott Bayo and Antonio Sabato Jr., who will be speaking at the Republican convention. To put it in terms you can better understand, the Democratic convention is like Disney+, Plus, while the Republican convention is straight-up quibby. Nancy Pelosi and 174 other congressional Democrats signed a letter demanding that Postmaster General Louis DeJoy not make changes to the post office until after the November 3rd election. Let's just hope that they didn't mail the demands to him. A Justice Department investigation has found Yale University is illegally discriminating against white and Asian American applicants and a violation of federal civil rights law. Man, those white and Asian kids just can't catch a break, can they? A member of a Facebook group of men who post photos of themselves pointing guns at their genitals accidentally shot himself in the testicles on video. Hang on, I'm going to let that sink in for a second. Okay, now stop asking why we can't convince everybody to wear a mask. Actress Annabelle Wallace said that her mummy co-star Tom Cruise doesn't let anyone run alongside him on screen, which is interesting since Tom isn't known for chasing women off screen either. In a new interview, Miley Cyrus said that she lost her virginity at 16 to her now ex-husband, Liam Hemsworth. I guess it must have been Hannah Montana sexing all those guys in her younger years. Now, let's send it over to tonight's TMI Daily cast and crew roundtable. Stay safe. Hello, everyone, and happy Friday. You know what that means here at TMI Daily. It's another Trump-free Friday. I'm Veronica Aiello, and as always, I'm joined by some of our TMI Hollywood family and a special guest today. Let's say hello to everyone watching at home or listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or their podcast streaming of their choice. Let's start with you, Pete. It's Friday. I think that was a popular song a few years ago. Joe. Hey, everyone who uh, requested autographs. I sent them out today, but I sent them during the post with the post office. So you'll probably get them in February. You almost got that joke. Almost. Shana. <laughs> fear the name, fear the thing. I'm not afraid of it. Trump free. Let's go. Emma. Hey y'all, how you doing? We don't have AC up here in the valley. It's not cute. Ooh, it's 111. I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I know very well. We know. <laughs> Stuart. Hi. I am also very very hot. Carrie. Hi everybody. Hope you're staying cool and safe wherever you are. I feel bad for you guys. It's so hot in the valley. Oh God. <laughs> okay, so let's get started. With so much economic uncertainty due to the pandemic, people are clearly concerned about their finances today, which often manifests itself in depression and anxiety, which, according to a newly released study, are both significantly worse this year than last. We thought that tonight we might bring someone on who knows a thing or two about finances. She is the host of a podcast called Miss Findependent, in which she gives financial information to young Canadians covering topics from budgeting, 
to careers to the financial independence movement. Let's welcome Gloria to TMI Daily. Gloria, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm happy to be here. So Gloria, before we get started, I want to admit that none of us here are Canadians, but we all promise to act nicer than we usually do, <laughs> if that helps at all. <laughs> thank you. That would be much appreciated. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little bit first um, about your podcast. Yeah, so I actually just got started a couple weeks ago. So it's a fairly new podcast. And I've always been very interested and passionate about financial literacy. And I don't know if that's something that is taught in schools in the States, but it's definitely not taught in schools, um, at least when I was growing up in Canada. And I think they're adding it to the curriculum now, which is awesome. Um, but I think that there's just kind of a lack of knowledge in general, and I'm also a professional accountant, and so that means that I should know about money, right? Right. Um, and a lot of my friends are professional accountants as well, and we thought that it would be, you know, a really good idea to just kind of spread the knowledge and also make conversations about money more normal and also more brought to everyone's attention, because I think that it's oftentimes a touchy subject and I don't think it should be. Oh great. So how has the, the pandemic affected the economy in Canada? Um, it's been bad <laughs> just to say the least. Our unemployment rate I think in July has been what is it 12.3 percent and I checked the states as well I think it's 10.2 percent so a little bit worse than uh, than the states but been quite bad. I know that, I mean, I live in Toronto and it's been quite uh, late in terms of coming back open. So I think now we're in a phase where um, dining and restaurants is okay again and a lot of gyms are opening back up. So I hope that things pick up, but it's been, it's been very difficult and the unemployment rate has definitely been very, very high and it's, it's historic really. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now, um, what do you think is the major difference between the finances of young Canadians and the ones here in the U.S.? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, in terms of, I think, wage disparity is quite similar in both countries. Um, net worth, I think, is higher on average um, in Canada. And I think that might just be like a population thing, um, but also an education thing as well. Um, I know that uh, college costs a lot less in Canada, mm -hmm. so that could be a factor as well. And debt levels are um, much lower, I would say, because of that for young Canadians. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when it comes to younger people's finances, is it important to be looking at the present or the future? What advice can you give? It's important to look at everything, I think. Mm -hmm. um, I would say that knowing the present is a really good way to chart your path for the future. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, do you think people create bad habits with their finances when they're young and sometimes that follows them into their later years? Oh, yeah, for sure. Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, like I was just talking to my friend today about credit card debt and we all know that they, they have really exorbitant, really high interest rates and it's not really a great idea to carry any balance on your credit card, but a lot of people do it because it's very easy and it's kind of the easiest access you have to, to credit. So a lot of people tend to start doing that when they're in college and it kind of just carries forward into their life. So that's definitely an example of that. Okay, so let me open it up now to our panel. Does anybody have any questions for Gloria? Um, let's start with you, Joe. Hey, uh, Gloria, I'm, I'm wondering, uh, in Canada, if it's different than here, I think that the, each new young generation uh, uh, home ownership is becoming less and less of a of a go of of uh, being obtainable. Um, is that the same in Canada? And is there a way that that can be reversed? <laughs> I mean, if the bubble bursts, then yes, everyone, all the young people are going to be buying some homes. But yes, it's definitely the same in Canada, especially in Toronto where I live. If housing housing is oh my gosh, like 
1 million for quite a small place. So it's, it's pretty hard to afford now. And I think a lot of young people are trying to save up or maybe moving out into the suburbs um, further out from the city where it's a little bit more affordable. Um, but like I said before, if the bubble bursts, then and housing prices drop, then maybe it'll be better. But I, I don't really know when that'll happen. Okay. Um, oh, Emma, and then I'll go to you, Peter, after Emma. So we were talking about bad habits a little bit before, but I wanted to ask you about good habits. Um, if someone who's fairly young wanted to start investing and didn't know where to start, where would you direct them? Yeah, there's a lot of online resources. And um, I think the easiest place to go is probably Reddit, I would say, because there's a lot of really inform informative uh, subreddits about personal finance. And also there's a ton of blogs as well. Um, in terms of investing, I would say the easiest thing to do is probably go with a robo advisor. And those are services where they invest your money for you and they charge a very small fee um, compared to mutual funds and things like that. So it's still a good option. And that's something to look into because it's just an algorithm that does it for you and you don't really need to think about it. Okay, um, Pete? Hi, Gloria. Um, we keep hearing things about um, V-shaped uh, recoveries uh, in this country. And from my understanding, I guess the, the, the meaning of that is that the economy drops at a steep dive and then at some point it fairly quickly rises back up. Um, and when I was looking at information for today's show, I noticed that Canada was doing better than the United States as far as where the economy was. I saw that uh, that retail um, sales had gotten back to where they were prior to uh, the pandemic. But I, I did see something that there are economists that are saying that one of the reasons why Canada's um, economy is not going to fully recover is because of the United States, <laughs> because um, I guess uh, I guess Canada exports so much, so many products to the United States, and it can't do a lot of that now because of how bad we're doing. So I'm just wondering how how does how does um, the United States really affect the the, the finances of Canada? Uh, you know, as far as as far as what what is our what, how are we dragging you down more or less is what I'm asking. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, that's a really good question. I think that there is a lot of trading and the US and Canada have a really deep trading relationship. So a lot of what happens in the States does affect us in Canada as well. Although I would say that I think our tech sector is definitely booming. Um, Shopify, I don't know if you've heard of Shopify, but it's an e-commerce platform that's um, out of Ottawa, Canada, and they're doing super well. And I think that's definitely driving our economy's growth as well. Okay. I, I just if I just wanted to follow that up really quickly, mm -hmm. um, and I don't know if you know anything about this, and I, I'm sorry if I'm throwing this out there. Uh, I was reading a story this morning that there seems to be a lot of vandalism towards American cars that are in Canada right now because I guess Americans aren't supposed to be coming across the border. I, I mean, from from what you could see, and obviously, you know, I, I'm not expecting you know the whole the the, the pulse of the of the whole country, but. Are, are the Canadians really angry at us right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, can't speak on everyone's behalf, but <laughs> I mean, if people are coming across the border and the border's closed and, you know, it's, it's not good. We're just trying to flatten the curve. Everyone's just trying to do what they can to stop the spread and hopefully it'll be over soon. <laughs> mm -hmm. Does anybody else have more questions? Um, go ahead. Oh, Carrie, and then I'll go to Stuart. Go ahead, Carrie. Hi, Gloria. And sorry, this might be outside of your area of expertise, but one thing that's been really on my mind in terms of finances is kind of going back to the stock market and investments. Um, what is your impression of kind of what we can maybe um, expect from the, the stock market? Is it going to get stronger? And, and maybe what is kind of, I've been toying around with kind of what my personal strategy would be. And so far, I've really just let my investments just sit as they were and not change things up too much. Do you feel like that's a good strategy? I've always been kind of taught, you know, where it comes to the stock market, it's going to go up and down a million times. So sometimes the best strategy is just to uh, stay the course. Yeah, yeah. I think that for, well, me 
personally, what I like to do is put a little bit of money in into my investments every single month. And then over time, it's called dollar cost averaging. So what that means is that um, you get a bit of the highs, you get a bit of the lows. And then at the end of the day, it kind of just averages out. And what I like to invest in is ETFs or index funds. So that kind of just tracks the market as a whole. And in that sense, if the economy grows, which I mean, over time it should, um, that's what you get a piece of. And it's not as exciting as picking stocks, but it's a, I think it's the best way to kind of just go with the economy. Yeah. Okay, Stuart. Yeah, uh, my question is, the, so I know there's been a rise in, in uh, day trading and the use of like Robinhood and other uh, low cost trading apps. How do you think that will affect the market long term? Or do you think it's just a temporary thing for the pandemic? Yeah, I think that that's awesome, actually. Well, I mean, I personally don't love day trading because I'm all about that, like buy index funds, hold it for a long time. But I think if more people are getting into it, I think that's good. And um, I really love the low cost trading platforms. I think that those are super, super great because then you can, you don't have to have a high barrier to entry. You don't have to have a lot of money to invest in stocks if that's what you choose to do. So I think it's, it's great. Mm -hmm. Okay. Does anybody have any other questions? Cause I still have a few. Um, so Gloria, I have a question for you. Um, so, you know, you sometimes read these tips, especially for young people, like, for example, oh, instead of getting that coffee once a week at Starbucks, get that money and put it aside every week. Um, so what are some tips that you can give young, especially younger people that they could start doing today? Um, you know, anything to, you know, to put them in better financial shape. Yeah, I think definitely, yeah, um, skipping that weekly coffee, maybe making coffee yourself instead. Um, I, I know that that's kind of, I think sometimes people go for coffees as like a social thing. So that may not be something you want to get rid of. Um, I know that there's certain apps that do like a roundup. So they take the change that you get back. Um, and then invest that for you or save it something like that. So that's a good way. Um, I think the first thing to do, though, is definitely track your spending and understand where um, your money is going. And then from there, you can create a spending plan. And then it's kind of not like a budget, because I feel like budget's kind of like a bad word and people are adverse to it. But if you kind of plan out where you're going to spend, then you have no guilt because you're saying that I'm going to spend this much in this area. Um and in terms of just like picking up extra jobs and extra money, like there's a lot of things you can do on the internet um, to make money. Like you can teach English online, you can um, go on Fiverr and like do random tasks. Like I think that's a good way as well. Um, and just creating those habits of setting money aside. Um, Another huge thing is automation. So every month, like when you get your paycheck or when you, yeah, whenever you get money, um, automate it so that there's a bunch that you go into savings automatically and then you don't have to think about it. Okay. I want to read a comment from one of our online viewers. I'm Kate. She says, any kind of automatic savings will pay off even small. Um, do you feel that young people now are kind of veering away from the whole banking system, meaning they're using Venmo now. I mean, more, I just learned about Venmo a couple of years ago, but I guess <laughs> it had been out, you know, for a long time before that. But, um, you know, I just feel like people, you know, younger people aren't, you know, using savings accounts anymore. Or um, can you speak a little bit about that? You know, like in terms of younger people and the banking, the traditional banking system, I should say. Yeah, I can't really speak on Venmo because it's not available in Canada, unfortunately. Oh, it's not. No. So oh. we just, we use Interact e-transfers uh, to transfer each other money and that's tied to your bank account. Um, I still think that amongst the people I know, a lot of them do bank with the big banks still. Um, I'm kind of against that because they do offer lower interest rates than some of the smaller banks or credit unions, more grassroots organizations. Um, so I don't, I don't really know, like in terms of the people that I know, they've definitely still been banking with the big banks. Although 
I'm sure in the States it's different because there are a lot more banks to choose from. Um, and I guess a lot of different types of um, payment methods too. Yeah. Okay. And I know they have a lot of budgeting apps. Um, I know we use Mint. Uh, mm -hmm. Can you recommend um, some of the top budgeting apps that you think would be useful for, for people? Yeah, I think Mint is definitely a really popular one. There's also one called Personal Capital. I personally haven't used any of these myself, but I heard good things about Personal Capital as well. And there's also one called You Need a Budget. It's called like YNAB, which I've also heard of. And also one called Wealthica. There's, there's a lot. And I'm sure that there are tons of articles online that will be able to speak to those. Okay. Does anybody else have any other questions? I think Pete, you had one. Well, no, I, I wanted to ask, I mean, considering that we're in a period of time that's kind of unprecedented, that, that the world's never been in, is this a good time for people to, to try and rethink what, you know, what their career goals are? I mean, when, when obviously a lot of people aren't working, you know, one of the things I'm, I'm seeing from a lot of my friends is that, they're kind of reevaluating, well, was I happy doing what I was doing before this all happened? And will I be happy going back to it once this is over? Yeah, no, for sure. I think it's definitely a great time to reflect, right? Because I mean, we're not seeing anyone. We're stuck at home. What else can you do except think about your life? So um, <laughs> I think that, yeah, it's definitely a great, great time to do that and think about whether or not going back to school is worthwhile or even starting some sort of online business. Um, there's a lot of things that you can do. And I think that now is a great time for that. Okay. So also, why, why I just want to throw, I'm sorry, I have so many questions. Um, when it comes to the, some of our younger people on here and also some of the younger people that, that, that listen or watch us, um, is it better for them to be concerned with with amassing money for the present or or the future or is there some kind of like midway point between the two yeah i think that that's something that i think about a lot really and it's definitely about finding the right balance between enjoying your life now because you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. But at the same time, I think it is really important to save for the future, like invest in those Roth IRAs and 401ks. Um, because those are, I think, they have tax benefits too. So I mean, it's good. Okay. Any final questions for Gloria from the panel? Okay. Well, Gloria, thank you so much for joining us. And we're going to be posting your information about your podcast on our Instagram page. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. You can listen to it. <laughs> You're welcome. Bye. Have, have Bye. A good Bye, Gloria. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye. You as well. Bye. Okay. So every day it's hard to get to all of the stories that happen. That's why we're starting a new feature called Things We Missed This Week. We're going to go over a few of the stories we covered at the top of the show this week but didn't get a chance to talk about during the show. It was reported that Tinder charges white men in their 50s up to five times more to subscribe to their Tinder Plus service. So is this ageism or appropriate since getting hit on by an older dude on a dating app is kind of creepy. Who wants to start? <laughs> Let's start with Stuart. Stuart, uh, you're starting with Stuart? Yeah. So on um, Tinder, did we talk about this before? Your age preference. You can set your age preferences on Tinder, so you can only see people between a certain age and a, another certain age. Also, you don't have to swipe right. If you don't swipe right on somebody, they can't talk to you. So if you don't want to match with fifty-year-old white men, swipe left. It's not that hard. Okay, Joe. Now, as a dumpy old white guy. <laughs> No. <laughs> why why is it creepy? I need, we need to know why is it creepy? Why is it creepy that there there are single men in their 50s who are who are trying to get trying to get a date and let me tell you as you go through as as the older you get the dating pool gets smaller and smaller and you're trying to find a quality date but apparently once you hit a certain age it's creepy. Uh, you know, also I'm not 6 foot so they're going to swipe left anyway. Not that I'm, you know, really using these these apps anymore, but still, the point is, 
I definitely see it as ageism. And I'm really kind of insulted that everyone says, oh, getting hit on by a, by a guy in his 50s is creepy. Oh, yeah, really? What about like a rich, handsome guy in his 50s? Is that creepy? Ah, maybe it's not. I, I, tell I'm them, annoyed Joe. by that whole by that whole <laughs> assumption, okay? There's plenty of different filters on there. To, that if you don't want to get hit by a guy who's 50, you don't have to, just like Stewart said. Definitely don't want to get hit by a guy that's 50. Hit on. No, hit, no you don't want to get hit by anybody. Come on. Okay, Emma? Uh, so for the alternate point of view, I guess, um, nothing wrong with someone who's older trying to get a date. Absolutely go for it. It is extremely frustrating when it's a guy who's 50-something going after women who are only between the ages of like 23 and 25 because they're between the ages of 23 and 25 because they are less experienced and will take a whole lot more bullshit. There's a whole range of men who will do exactly that because they're trying to get out of their marriage or because they want to pretend that they're someone that they're not. And that is creepy. Being 50 is not inherently terrible. Being 50 and trying to take advantage Wait. of younger women is. And the idea that if you don't swipe like correctly on them, then uh, they can't find you is ridiculous because Instagram exists. People regularly will find people on Tinder just from their image and their name. They will search them on Instagram. They find them. They like blow up their DMs. It is a regular, constant thing. Now, listen, in terms of like actual morality, should Tinder be charging more? No, probably not. It probably is ageism. Um, but it's frankly a little bit funny to me uh, that someone is going to try to use certain status and privilege that they often have. Not always. I know that. Not always. But that they often do have, there's a certain profile that tends to happen. I kind of enjoy that being reversed on them. I'm not saying it's moral. I am saying it's a little bit funny. You don't think it's any different for a 40-year-old? Do you think a 40-year-old's not doing the same thing? Why is it 50? Why is 50, why is 50 that point? It is. Because I'm betting right now 45 year olds are doing the same thing. 43 year olds are doing the same thing. Wait, you know what they should be what they should be doing is just you're creepy, you're out. I'm with you, Joe. Listen, I'm that's what they should be doing. Like, why where 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 was the the study done in this uh uh um decision to be like well you know 50 that's that age where that's it creepy like who came up with this and also uh -huh. like who came up with like oh well if they're gonna be on there we can't just like take them off the app but we could charge them a little more like who was the greedy asshole in the fucking boardroom that was like 50s a cut off if they want to be on our app we got to charge them more i mean I wish I, I wish i would have known i would have had a completely different birthday party Carrie was there. We could have had. I'm sorry, you're creepy now, party. I really would have. What would happen? If they I mean, charged... I wish I would have known. Someone should have told me. Think what would happen if they charged women in their fifties more than oh, they charged. Oh, they would be up in arms. Yeah. Women would say, yeah. "Absolutely, you're it right was, about that." Would never happen. Yeah. They, no, I they definitely. God, they fight God by fifty. They don't have their periods anymore. They'd freak out. Oh, oh, oh there, Peter. Come on. I'm joking. I said it's a joke. No, it's a so joke. I, it's just as bad. Comments made by Peter are not comments of TMI. Peter should get charged. Don't leave it. We don't have sponsorship, but when we do, please don't leave us. <laughs> Can I just say <laughs> that, that the opinions of Peter do not reflect? <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> I need to have that just recorded so I can. Okay, so so Peter kind of kind of just proved our creepy fifty thing. <laughs> yeah, but he's married, so he's good. He's married. So he's good. <laughs> but but, 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 but what is? I'm not saying doing this, but I am saying being married has not stopped men before. <laughs> no, but it does. I also want to point out, Chris, you brought up the whole boardroom meeting. Who decided this thing? Uh, yeah. They decided this, and this was what the market would bear when 50 year old men were willing to pay extra for Tinder Plus is when they decided to do it. They don't give a shit about how creepy it is. They could care less. Their, their platform is Tinder. They don't give a crap about creepy. But they know people are willing to pay that price to hit on 24 year old women. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Well, I mean, but you guys are also acting like this anyway. is a regular dating app. It's Tinder. This is a hookup app. This is not like, you know, somebody looking for some deep, meaningful, 
completely passionate hour time relationship. This is fucking Tinder. People are swiping to hook up with people and bone. This is a boning app. This app was designed to bone people close to you. I also think it's ageism and I also think it's think it's sexist too. Because this reminds me of a story back in the, you know, back in the day when we used to go to nail salon. Remember those times? Um, I was at a nail salon one time and there was a gentleman that showed up there and he asked how much he was going to you know, have to pay for a pedicure. So they were charging men for pedicures more than they were charging women for pedicures. And he got very upset and I thought it was rightfully so. Like it was like $5 more, like a $5 difference. But regardless of what it was, it was a lot more. And he says to the lady, why are you charging us more? You know, you said on the board, it's, you know, $30. Why are you charging me 35? And then the lady said, well, because men's feet are gross. That's literally what she said. Like, it's more work that we have. But all of you are gross. All of you are gross. Hold on. Brown. That's disgusting. They're all Veronica, gross. is that the same place right. you take me sometimes? Is that, no, it's not the place now. It's oh, okay, so, so it's not my fault. Wait, wait. No, it's not your <laughs> fault. Did they charge men less for a manicure because it's less work? I don't know, but it just happened. Like, now, right then, I wouldn't be, be so bad if they evened it out and charged me less for a manicure. Men's <laughs> haircuts are routinely but, cheaper. Yeah, yes, but, uh, yes, listening yeah, audience, I do I get myself a manicure because you got to keep these things nice and, and smooth. There's nothing wrong with that, Joe. But, but, but can, I, wait, can I ask the, the ladies on the panel a question? Have, have any of you actually been on a, um, on a dating site and been, you know, and obviously if you were, I'm sure, because you're all so lovely, um, you were probably inundated with men looking for hookups. Uh, who seemed to be more creepy, the younger guys or the older guys, or was it just equal? Anybody? Been a Anyone? while. All the all the guys. Sorry, Carrie. Go ahead. I mean, it's actually been a little while since I've done it because I just stopped doing dating apps for a while because I just couldn't handle it anymore. But um, I don't know. It was about the same in terms of creepy. I would just say younger guys are a lot more overt about it and just to the points you uh, know and that's that's probably one of the differences there in terms of that creepy like banter I guess um and one thing I was going to say before though that I I don't know how it works because there are all these filters right supposedly on these dating apps and I would have my range and the top of my range was like I don't know let's just say 45 or something and I would routinely get guys in in their 60s even like trying to message me, connect with me, talk with me, whatever. And I remember just thinking, it, it, I was annoyed by it, not necessarily creeped out, but just annoyed that this filter was not working. You know, I mean, I said what my range was, but I'm still getting tons of messages in, from guys in their 50s and 60s, like late 50s, you know? And I was just like, but that's not what I said my range was. So anyway, that's maybe a, ta a tangent, but I just wanted to mention that. Was, was that, one of your likes, that happened to a friend of mine. She got like a 60 year old, you know, that wanted to hook up with her and they actually ended up getting married. But that's a whole oh. different story because he's got a lot of money. Okay, I'm not going to say who it is. Wait, can, oh, Carrie, Carrie can I creepy. ask you? Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Was one of your likes vapor rub? Because <laughs> that might have had something to do with it. One of my well, likes? Oh, you know, like, like things like yeah, things that yeah. turned me on, like Ben Gay. Yeah, like, yeah. Not, yeah. Yeah. not all the jokes are winners, people. Are you They're not all winners. That was wrong? <laughs> okay, just, we throw just them curious. out. We throw them out, but sometimes they just they don't bounce it's, back. Listen, it's Friday. We we we've been doing this all week. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I mean, like whether it's creepy or not, it's definitely ageism. You know, the, the fact that they're charging these men more. So that's my opinion. So can we? Anybody else want to say anything else? Okay, let's well, if they were, yeah, yeah, go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, that just got a little creepy. Okay, that got creepy. The last remaining Blockbuster video store in Bend, Oregon, is allowing three groups of four people to have an overnight sleepover in the store for only $4 a night. Included in the price is an unlimited amount of 90s movies they can watch on a VCR. If you were one of the lucky groups to get to stay at the Blockbuster for a night, what three 90s movies would you pick to watch. Oh, and, and Stuart, a VCR is a thing that we used to use to watch videos. So, you know. I think I think the DVDs. I would go. I would go with. I would go with uh, the Last Action Hero because that was just great on VHS. I would go with Hook, Robin Williams, and I would either go with uh, Independence Day 
or Terminator 2. I love those on DVD. I don't know why, but like for some reason on DVDs, those bring me a lot, or not DVDs, excuse me, on VHS, that brought me like a lot of nostalgia. And if, if I couldn't do that, I would go old school and get the six hour videotapes that my mom used to record with like 17 movies on them bitches and just watch that all night because you can get that with no commercials because you just fast forward right through, right through. <laughs> okay, who else? Stewart. Uh, I'd go Goodwill Hunting, Forrest Gump, and Aladdin. Hmm, okay. Anybody yeah, else? I was going to say uh, Disney movies for sure. Uh, like most of the Disney Renaissance was all 90s. So like everything there. Uh, I also want to throw out there as an honorable mention, uh, Clueless. Would love to watch that on VHS. I was so, I was saying Clueless. That, that was the first thing that popped into my head. Such sure. a fantastic 90s movie. <laughs> I love that movie to this day. <laughs> so good. I couldn't think of very many. I'm thinking all these 80s movies are popping into my head, but I can't think 90s. I don't know. A League of Their Own. I like that movie. <laughs> what else? Anybody else? I also want to throw out there, uh, like the Nora Ephron uh, comedies, Meg Ryan and Tom Hanks. Uh, you've got Mail or When Harry Met Sally was definitely 80s. Oh, was it? Wait. Oh, I can't hear what the people are actually saying, Chris. What? He said overrated. He was saying overrated with an obnoxious clap. Mm, <laughs> that's worth me not hearing people. Wait, but anybody else, Pete? Um, okay, let's see. I, I would definitely go with Pulp Fiction. I think only because it's like four hours long, so it would kill half the night right there. Um, Goodfellas. Even though I, see, I think I think I see it every other week, so I, I don't know why I would I would pick it again, but then I would I would probably toss up between either Silence of the Lambs, Forrest Gump, Seven, or maybe Jurassic Park. Hmm. Like one of those. That's like Philip online just said Groundhog Day, Jurassic Park, and Pulp Fiction. The two of Phillips. Mm -hmm. Joe. Yeah. See, I'm thinking, uh, um, I know it starts in the 80s, but it rolls through the 90s. I think I'd like to do a nice uh, Star Trek movie marathon. Um, and also, um, I've grabbed plenty of that uh, blockbuster uh, microwave popcorn. I hope they provide a microwave. Because that blockbuster microwave popcorn, don't knock it. That stuff was great. Oh, you used to get them individual. And they were, it was, I don't know why, but it always tasted better than the stuff you bought at the grocery store. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was $4 per group. Per night? Yeah, four dollars yeah. per night. I mean, I get it that they're just going for nostalgia and like making it a fun night for people and make it accessible. But I'm just saying they could get a lot more. <laughs> than yeah, I, I think that, I think they're only offering it to people that live in Bend, Oregon. So it's like a, a thank you to the people for keeping the place open. I would get my homeless yeah. friends together if I was homeless, and I'd be like, "Yo, we could get four dollars between a group of us. We could take over this blockbuster, yo." <laughs> We can do it every night. Uh, are there homeless in Oregon? <laughs> I'm sure. Uh, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> I'm I sure. Ask Sister Act. Oh, I know. Yeah, I love Sister Act. One of my favorite Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. I think Sister Act 2 is really good, too. Yeah, both of them. Really Lord Hill, remember? Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. So Danny Online is saying American Pie, Titanic, and She's All That. Those would be his three picks. Mm. So, okay. Mm, I could see that. I could see. I could see that. So yesterday, a story came out about a guy who shot himself in the testicle accidentally because he's part of a Facebook group where men take photos and videos of themselves holding a gun to their penises. This story brings up so many questions, but I was wondering, have you seen any bizarre groups on Facebook or other social media outlets? I did my research on this, but I want to hear you guys first, and then I'm going to share what I learned today. I learned a lot. I'm um, sorry. I'm, I'm Veronica. Now, when you say he shot his testicle, the whole purpose of this is to put the wrap their dick around a gun, or, or I, no, I'm just wondering no. how what the photo is no, supposed no. to be they, looking like, laying their penis on no, top they, of a gun. No, what no, it's the, you don't actually see penis at all. You actually all they do is they take their gun and put it against their crotch and, their and take crotch. a picture. It's it's the fucking weirdest thing in the world. And this idiot apparently shot himself in the nuts. That's because I, I, I just wanted to make sure that there was 
clarity with that because to me those photos all just looked like they were just putting them. I don't think you want clarity with that. But I don't understand why. No, because look, if you want to do a thing, a moment with your dick and your gun, and I know the whole chant from fucking all those movies and military shit. But I'm just saying, no. If you want to do that, then you know. It's stupid as fuck. I was thinking, I was assuming it was like putting it right by the penis and like posing. No. They're wearing pants. Is this like supposed to be an ironic thing or is it a fetish thing? That's, That's what I'm I, saying. Oh, like, is, if it's like a stylized photo where they're wrapping their penis around. No, it, like, I, mean, I can like, understand like, that. But I mean, just laying it in their I mean, I'm not saying I approve of it. I can understand if someone wanted and to I, do and a I love stylized that, like, photo. I love that there's a guy like going through his drawers going, oh yeah, these pants. Yeah, I have to do it with these <laughs> pants. And let, let me go, let me go shine up the gun. Ooh, what if I did this with the 38 and doing 22? Oh my God, the guys are going to love this. I don't understand why we're trying to understand this. He's a fucking moron. There's no reason, there's no logical reason that that loaded gun should be anywhere near his penis or ball. Well, uh, obviously, obviously, from what, from what we hear, I don't think this guy actually needed that testicle, so he's okay. I mean, I also think we should be commending this guy a little bit for doing his part to remove himself from the gene pool. Yeah. Thank you. Well, sure. no. got some Facebook groups that are a little bizarre. Listen, uh, you know, if you guys don't know, I'm a huge car guy, but I'm going to tell you about this the car car fetish. So there are there's a and it's a pretty big group actually. Of, there's a pretty big group of guys out there that like to watch um, women that dress in high heels and then drive uh, classic cars but manuals. And the camera is down in the floorboard, so all you see is their feet in nice shoes driving classic stick shift cars around. So all they're basically seeing is their feet working the pedals. And then, so it's like, this This week's a Fiat, this week's a Ferrari, this week is a Volkswagen Beetle and stuff like that. And so, and then they're like, even to the point where they're like, oh, oh, you should have Jennifer drive that. Like they know them by feet. So it's really weird. But um, so if, if you're a woman and you have attractive feet and you know how to drive a manual, this could be a really good <laughs> moneymaker for you. I would, I would start an OnlyFans. Emma? Uh, this goes in a much purer direction, I think. There's a Facebook <laughs> group out there where everyone works together to pretend to be an ant colony. So uh, someone will start, like, I guess, uh, a theme by posting saying, uh, I came across a leaf that is in the path between here and the picnic. And everyone will comment, lift, 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 move. It is absurd, but it's just a group of several thousand people who all pretend to be an ant colony. Hmm, interesting. How do you get to That's be queen? Also a uh, I'm curious, how do you get to be queen? Like, do you nominate yourself or do other people nominate you? I have no idea. I don't even know if they technically have a queen. Maybe they do. Maybe it's the person who started the group. I have no idea. I just, I heard about this and it was fascinating to me. It's yeah. like group Wildly live role so. play on the internet. Wildly so. Especially to be an ant. Yeah. Well, um, back when we were uh, doing our show a million years ago, back at Second City, um, there there was a Facebook group. I, I think it still exists now. That was for only for people that had been involved at Second City Hollywood at some point. And and I love this group for one reason and one reason alone. It, it it was never about like, hey, I'm shooting a new movie. Would you like to be a part of it? Or I'm I'm casting something. It was always the people that had given up at that. And so it was like, does anybody need a refrigerator? I'm selling my bed. So so you always knew the people that were going to eventually leave the group because they were selling their stuff to go back to wherever they came from. So I, I mean, I, I don't mean I don't know if that's really a funny group or if it was just a very ironic group. But yeah, if you go on there, like I'm sure if I went on there right now, I think I might have been banned. But if I if I go on there now, um, you probably find it, it's it's always like, does anybody know where you can get a storage locker for your stuff for, for a couple of months? And like it just it's it's a very depressing site uh, group at least. Sad. Okay, so I did a little bit of research on the most bizarre Facebook groups, and I'm going to tell you there's millions of them out there. I personally belong to some of them. I usually like the sitcom ones, but even like the sitcom groups, these people are like obsessed. 
Like they'll actually take an episode of a show and they'll just like nitpick everything. Did you see, for example, Elizabeth, who sometimes is on the show, um, and I belong to a Gilmore Girls group. And then one of them, like they'll show an episode and they'll be like, did you catch that she was wearing the same red hat that, she, that Rory wore in episode two, you know, season, whatever. So those groups are just like, okay, they're fun to be part of. And then I'm part of a dog moms group too as well. So, you know, just fun groups. But here are some of the most um, bizarre Facebook groups I found today. So there's one group called, with 1,000 followers called Accomplishing Something Before the Microwave Reaches Zero. I'm still waiting to get accepted, you know, for research purposes. Um, they also have one called Dear Pringles. And this is a group of people that are very upset at the shape of the tube of Pringles potato chips because they say that their hands can't go in to get the last of the Pringles. And I'm thinking to myself, because you can't just get the can and just flip it over, right? So, yeah. So that's another group. And then there's also two more groups called one. It's called Build a Robocop Statue in Detroit. Mm-hmm. These people really oh. want to want a statue that's of been Robocop. around for years. Mm-hmm. And then another one, which is like really weird. And I was trying to like look into it a little bit more, but there wasn't a lot of information is I need to sneeze. It's gone. It's people that are obsessed with sneezing and like just anything related to sneezing. They have memes of cats pretending to sneeze. That group has 200,000 followers and it's literally about sneezing, but the best one I found, and it's kind of crazy. It's called, um, you guys might know of it, boob quake. Are you guys familiar with the boob quake? Uh-huh. Um, it's the idea that women in sexy clothes cause earthquakes in Iran. Millions of followers. Veronica. Yes. Jo. You want to talk about your new kids on the block fan fiction group? Um, I know I don't. <laughs> I don't want to get myself in trouble. <laughs> I totally get the Pringles can one because, like, listen, I know you can just dump them out, but that defeats the whole purpose. It's very <laughs> messy and it's very annoying. Two, I drive a manual. Joke? Do they take men? Because I, I, I need a little. Um, like, I, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'll, I'll tell you what. I'll do some research. No, Chris. I No, wait a minute. How's your feet? Because they're going to charge you more for a pedicure. That is absolutely not a way a woman is getting turned on. I'm sorry. Watching. I got. Listen. I got my foot rubber. Guys, Chris. Chris, you got to remember they're going to charge you more for a pedicure, so you got to make that shit look good. I'm just saying. Got to make them look real nice and smooth. Veronica, for, for the sneezing site, do they take pictures of them sneezing on their crotches? They, you know what? There's so many pictures on there. And I think that was a public one. So you could just oh, go okay. on so there. Yeah, but like I said, I'm still waiting to get accepted <clears throat> that other group, the one with um, they're accomplishing something before the microwave goes to. So what they do is like, I guess I'll put like three minutes in the, on the microwave and then they hurry up and they rush to do something. And then they compete to see if they were able to complete the task before the time runs out. Cause you know, again, because you can't use a timer, right? <laughs> it's gotta Dude, be I do that all the time. And that sounds fun. I'm not gonna yeah. lie. While you're trying to heat up your food. I do that like every I single day. All the time, mm-hmm. all the time. That sounds like, like let me see if I can multitask and get like all this stuff done. And then the food then, is done. Yeah, and then it's like can... a challenge, I guess. Yeah. With some people, so yeah. So I sent the challenge. <laughs> I, I sent the request to join them, but I still haven't been accepted. So I'll keep you guys posted on that. <laughs> okay, so in an interview that aired yesterday, Miley Cyrus claimed that she lost her virginity to Liam Hemsworth when she was 16. If you had to choose to lose your virginity to anyone with either the name Liam or Hemsworth, who would it be? <laughs> does Liam, does Liam Hemsworth <laughs> I'm going to go Hemsworth because Hemsworth sounds like a very astute British gentleman who would probably be very, very gentle. Oh, he sounds like a prig. He sounds like an uptight priggy prig. Hemsworth no, sounds like no, he's no, probably no. not going to do you right at no, all, Chris. No, but we're talking like about real people. Pick, he pick he real sounds person. like he will fuck you through a sheet. Fine. Hemsworth. That's fine. That's romantic <laughs> to me, all right? Don't, don't kink shame here, Shayna. Like I see where you're coming from. Yeah, Hemsworth I, sounds I, like I, you know, a, a, also, a British name. Sounds like an Alfred. I feel like he would take care of me afterwards. Make me a sandwich and shit. I, I would go That's with Liam Neeson. Like, send you tea afterwards. <laughs> exactly. With mm-hmm. milk. The proper No, way. 
See, I don't think Hemsworth would. I think Hemsworth wouldn't even barely take off his pants, do it, and then get up and leave the stable and leave you there, done. And that's what I think Hemsworth would be like. How do we get to a stable? You stay. Shanna, is this a real Hemsworth? I'm just saying, that's what that name evokes for me. You get your vibe, I get mine. Like I was, oh, God. No, 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 go finish, finish your thought, Peter. And no, then I, I like, because I know you're going to screw this up and I, I'm going to sound so much better. Okay, good. <laughs> I, was, I, I, I gave this a lot of thought and, and I first thought I could be cute about it and, and pick Chris Hemsworth's wife, but she apparently is not, last, her last name is not Hemsworth. So, so I, I decided on Liam Neeson because he's a little older and I'm sure he's going to work a little harder to impress me. And then afterwards, he probably wouldn't mind cuddling. So, so that's why I would go. If, if I had to pick a Liam or a Hemsworth, that would be the Liam I would pick. Liam. So, so Elsa Patake, who, who I'm going to pick, uh, that is her stage name. Uh, her legal name is Elsa Lafuente Minianu Hemsworth. Uh, so that's who I'll pick. But but here's my thing. Here's the thing that bothered me when I read this. I was like, you like I kind of feel bad for Miley Cyrus because she lost her virginity to Liam Hemsworth. Like I'm thinking like like that like you you want to keep increasing the bar. You've got to do a lot of work. Like if your first is Liam Hemsworth, man. I mean yeah. that is a ton of legwork to try and keep going up. Like you know what I mean? Like most of us like when we like our first was like. And then, but it gets better. Now she's her. She started out with Liam Hemsworth. Holy shit, that's a lot of work to like keep going up. I don't think so. That's very true, Joe. Well, I mean, it doesn't she, doesn't mean the sex was good. It just means saying. that he was incredibly good looking in the bed. Well, I mean, yes, it does help. Absolutely. I mean, when you're sixteen, that's like nearly the whole deal. When you're sixteen, that's He's like sixteen and, climb, and climbing up that dude's abs, and it's like, come on. Well, that's what I mean. I was like, and they were shooting a movie together, and it was like they were on the beach in South Carolina for the whole summer. So it was like. Every 16-year-old girl's forever or wifey fantasy came true in that when they made that movie, and then she lost her virginity to that guy. So right. it was like, you know, it wasn't going to get any better for her. I agree with you, Joe. It was like, like you it's tough. Out. Like, that's really tough. Like, that, that is hard like, to beat that. <laughs> Like your college boyfriend saying. will never win if your high school boyfriend did that to you. <laughs> you will never get your college boyfriend. Let me call it two things. One is that you always romanticize your first, no matter who they are. So, like, it's hard for your second to ever catch up to that full stop. Um, but also, in all fairness, Miley Cyrus is in a realm of celebrities. There are no shortage of gorgeous humans around her. Not that Liam Hemsworth is not beautiful, because, oh my God, he is. But, like, there are so many other beautiful people in her universe that, like, that are of a level with him. Yeah, but she's damn lucky. It was just six, she was at 16. Can you imagine if, like, nothing happened after Hannah Montana? And then she was just back to, like, like, she's really lucky that she, like, blew up after that. Because otherwise, damn. Like, like you know... Rob at the grocery store is just not gonna it's not gonna <laughs> cut it after like fucking your first is Liam Edgeworth. <laughs> so she's lucky. She's very lucky. But she still would have been Hannah Montana, so she still would have had all that money anyway. Yeah. Like she was in a certain like sphere of people. Absolutely. Absolutely. I don't know. Like like her her dad wasn't exactly country king either, so it's not like, you know, Brooks or Dunn is gonna be like stopping by. <laughs> Chris, did you want to add something to this? I think you wanted to say something. Uh, I was going to say the same thing that Emma said. Like, you know, you know, it's, uh, Joe was saying, it, it, like, you do make a good point. Like, like, it's hard to go from there. But, like, it's really not hard for her because she's still in that realm. Also, too, I don't think it was that good. I don't think she has anything to really romanticize because Liam Hansworth has as much swag as a wet French fry. So there's nothing that says he could do anything in bed. He's good looking. He's good looking. Fair. But well, that don't mean he's said. doing anything. But looking Especially nice, you don't have to be good in bed. If you're that good looking, you don't have to be good in bed. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. Yes, you do. Yeah, <laughs> you do. Don't lie. Don't lie and say so, that because there's a plenty of women who have talked shit about celebrities after they had sex when there was like they were trash in bed and they've been gorgeous yeah. guys. So don't sit there and bullshit. There's, there's way too much there social is, media now. There is a combo of things there. Uh, there are plenty of guys who are like so used to being beautiful and just getting it that they're trash in bed. That's what like, I'm saying. That's my that, point. That's what I'm that saying. That does happen. Yes. 
but also there are plenty of guys with zero charisma who are also very good in bed. So what I'm going for is that we have no insight to Liam Hemsworth's skills in, in bed, considering how we know that he's beautiful, but we know nothing about him beyond that in terms of his physicality or- Let's uh, get a spy in there. Let's do it. Let's find out. Let's go undercover. Yeah, Veronica, can we get, can we get <laughs> Liam Hemsworth as somebody? a guest so we can ask him how good he fucks? Um, I will Stuart, do that. you have any oh, yeah, thoughts on him. Liam Hemsworth yeah. in bed? Ask, ask yeah, him. Yeah, totally ask him. Sure. <laughs> totally, with words, only words, no touching, ask him. We'll ask him, we'll ask him, we'll play it like a game. <laughs> Somebody just uh, just uh, tweet tweet him out a tweet. I'll do my best. <laughs> I'll see what I can do. Bang like a rock star. <laughs> Guys, I just had to Google it and remind myself. I couldn't remember if they were still married or not. I guess they're divorced. Yeah, that no. didn't last yeah. very long, did it? No. We actually saw yeah. Molly Cyrus with her girlfriend um, at the Home Depot right here by our house. Was it a couple months ago, Pete? Yeah, so she, we, she looks like she smells. I, I don't no, know why, but she just... Oh, yeah, well, there's our answer. We should just go to the Home Depot and ask, and ask her. She just looks smelly. There's something like very white, trashy, smelly about her. No, but you know, know what I have to say, though? I've never seen a smaller woman. She is, yeah, she's got the tiny. tiniest frame. Like, I would have not recognized her had just it not tiny. been, you know, that it was her. But he I, was I, the one that recognized her. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I'm going to use a term that we learned on the on the game show a couple of weeks back, but I'm pretty sure that Liam Hensworth knows what a spinner is when it yeah. comes to her because she's way smaller than him. I mean, she is tiny. I, like, she, uh, she was just so abnormally thin. I can't even describe it. So that's, and I would like, looking. Yeah, yeah, and he's the one that recognized her. She had a big hat on, and then when I looked over, I was like, oh yeah, that is Miley Cyrus. That's when she was like gay again, because I guess she's she, not anymore. She, she, she goes was, gay every so often. Maybe, yeah, but she was maybe, with her girlfriend maybe at the she's time. Maybe she's fluid. She's fluid. Okay, well then, yeah, then she's, so she's fluid. You can't do scale. You just can't be gay and ungay. It doesn't work that way. I was like, apparently she's fluid in Somali, according to Peter. Aren't we all as humans? What am I going to tell you? Veronica, can you can you do the disclaimer again? We're 80% water, right? 80%. The opinions of Peter do not reflect all of us on the panel. You agreed with me. Come on. <laughs> so so Michael Jordan's 1996 Mercedes-Benz S600 coupe is being auctioned and is expected to go for about $100,000. After it. spending some time looking for a comparable vehicle, the highest price online for the exact same car as Jordan's was $15,000, which, if you can't do the math, is $85,000 less than the one that might have his ass now in the seat. Okay, so you have $100,000 to burn on the car. Do you buy Jordan's Benz or the exact same car for $15,000 and say it's Jordan's car? Because who's going to prove that you're lying? Joe? I don't buy either because that car is going to be a money pit. That old Mercedes right. is going to have so many freaking problems with it that even if I buy the best one at $15,000, I'm still going to be dropping another ten to get it to run right, and that's only going to be a while. So I would say neither. Yeah, this is this is a car for somebody who's got a collector car garage, and they can just let this car park and be there. This well, it's is gonna not be parked because it's not gonna run. Right. right. <laughs> this is for somebody who just wants it to be really shiny and pretty and, and look somewhere. Museumish. But can't yeah, you just go out and buy like the, the the cheap one that looks exactly like it? Put that in your garage. Say, look, I got Michael Jordan's car. Want to smell the seat? This is like the plot of the Seinfeld episode where George buys John Boyd's car. I just want to point that one out. That yeah. Remember? I, you know, uh, you, you can actually get a, an MR2 for $3,000 and it'll be Michael B. Jordan's old car. Ooh. Uh, so. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there, sir. You know, that's the thing, though. Like, let's be honest. 100000 ain't going to cover it anyway. You know, when it goes to the auction, it's going to be like, five maybe close to 10 million dollars people are gonna buy that it's you know what i mean like because look well, it, why it's not the 90s it's not the 90s but he's still michael jordan and there are people who still grew up watching him play basketball in chicago in the 90s when they won six championships and they're still big fans and people are gonna buy that people are gonna buy that you know, his house went up for auction in chicago that shit went up for like three times its worth 
three times. Well, he didn't, I mean, that's what he didn't it's play in the car. He just drove it. It doesn't matter. It wasn't it like, matter. It, it wasn't it like he hit a, he had a, like a outside shot matter. with it. Dude, if he sold his 80, if he sold his 85 fucking Air Ones, Air, Air, Air Jordans, like he could sell oh, those. But that's different. It's not. It's no, I think, I think totally it's different. Christmas booty sweat, feet sweat, it's the same, Peter. Booty sweat, feet sweat, don't matter. Hit it, hit it like the Mercedes. Just uh, it. But Peter, your logic is so flawed because already it's a $15,000 car selling for $100,000. Chris makes a great point. Like, if it sells for $100,000 now, imagine what it'll sell for after he dies. I think you guys are, are uh, confusing the question because it hasn't sold yet, but they're thinking it's going to sell for $100,000. Auction house is saying so. It, they, it hasn't been it hasn't sold for anything yet. No one's bid nothing. That's a little a little trivia. A little trivia. All of Michael Jordan's cars were red, and when he bought a Range Rover back then in the day, it wasn't available in red. But the factory painted one special for him. But all the cars that he owned, at least during his entire basketball career, were all red. We're all red. I knew that. Yeah. Philip says that this is someone trying to make quick cash off the last dance the last dance nostalgia and that he's also saying that michael jordan can't sell his house in chicago so i'm just reading can't sell it? that's what he's saying yeah oh there's a link to the article in our comments you know what i love about the show guys i love that we were talking about finance and booty sweat in the same show <laughs> that's awesome isn't it doesn't it equal up though, Veronica? Finance and booty it. sweat. Yeah. I mean, on all levels, really. It depends, really <laughs> it depends on whose booty sweat, because not everybody's about it. I didn't say I didn't say whose or who. Talking about J-Lo's or... booty sweat. That's at least a million dollars right there. <laughs> Maybe we could do a whole I, show on, on different booty movies. sweat is worth what it's worth. Because I feel like my booty sweat is worth a lot of work, a lot of money, a lot of paper. Booty sweat has no intrinsic value. I don't know. I'd like I to mean, get a can. Nothing. I'd like to get a can of that Al Pacino booty sweat from the movie because that'd be a really good prop. <laughs> I mean, yeah, n- nothing has intrinsic value. It has the value we assign to it. There you go. <laughs> so, with that being said, <laughs> okay, we're getting da- dangerously close to the purse that we don't talk about on Fridays. But let's see if we can avoid it. The Democrats have Billie Eilish appearing at the convention next week. The Republicans have Scott Bale the week after at their convention. You're stuck in an elevator with both, Billie Eilish and Scott Bale for 10 hours. Who do you end up hating less when they finally open the doors? Scott Bale. I, I have to agree with Chris. Bale, as like, much as I hate to say it, but Scott yeah. Bale. Yeah. Listen, listen, listen. I love Billie Eilish, like her, her music and everything like that. But like when I watch her on interviews, like I think I could get two minutes of talking to her, then I'm like, yes. I, I get it. You, right, I'm done. Like, I think you're right on that. Yeah, like for what it's worth, I'm no fucking you fine. Conversa- you could have an interesting conversation with them, you know, regardless yeah. of how you feel yeah. about yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so from an alternate point of view, um, yeah. 10 hours, I don't want to talk to anybody for 10 hours, no matter who they are. That's, that's a long time. I don't think Scott Baio could shut up. Billie Eilish could shut up. Yeah. Yeah. She, she, I write, she'd start yeah. writing songs about being stuck in an elevator. And, and then you'd have to sit there and listen to him for the whole fucking time. And maybe <laughs> well, one, one would be me. good. I don't give a one shit. One would be good, I, but there'd be about three that would suck. I don't think I, I'd be good at elevator alive. That wouldn't bother me as much because, yeah, I think I would end up probably killing um, somebody if it was 10 hours of, of Scott Bio talking consistently and then if Billie Eilish was muttering. I've lived with musicians, so I could probably survive that. I could survive her you know, um, noodling, because all musicians noodle, they can't help it. If they don't have their instrument, they vocal noodle, they can't help it. They just have to do it. So I've lived through that. I could handle that. I, I would probably end up hurting Scott Baio because he said some, he said stuff casually that's pretty fucking horrible. <laughs> what, does okay. anybody don't think it's like completely crazy that wasn't it four years ago they had Scott Baio speaking at the R? Yeah, it's the exact same people. And they still are, like they couldn't recruit anybody. No, else. it's still him, Antonio Savannah Jr. It's the same but, guy. But to be fair, to be fair, they didn't lose them in the last four years. So that's the good thing. I mean, <laughs> I mean you know, like, like he, you know, if, if say Sabato Jr. was like, nah, nah, this has just gone too far the last four years, then we would know Trump was in trouble. Well, thank God they're doubling down. Thank God. <laughs> oh, did you say, did you say 
the T word. Oh, 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 where, 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 where is it, Aaron? <laughs> I didn't say it. I didn't say it. No, not you saying that with Pete. I said it. I know. I'm sorry. I wasn't supposed to say it. I played the horn. Oh, man. We almost did it. We almost I knew I should have put that question in. Voldemort. So was it almost... Free Friday. Well, now you might as well say it. You might as well say it now. The the, the genie out of the bottle. We're done. We're done. Yeah, out of all of us, it was you, Peter. I am shocked. I, I, listen, I'm, I'm also I'm also one of the older people on here, so my memory's not as good as it could have been. Uh, that's what we going to do. No, no, Peter, you can't use that because you passed the cognitive test when we took it two weeks ago. Don't bullshit. Don't bullshit. <laughs> oh shit! I forgot the cognitive test. Yeah, yeah, I remember that shit. Oh, we do some dumb I'm shit on this show. Yeah, we know for sure that you can remember person, woman, man, camera, TV. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, that's our show for tonight. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll see you back here on Monday at 6 p.m. Have a great weekend, everyone. And stay safe. Bye. Bye. Don't do anything stupid. <laughs>